first start with the lesson. Um, let's see here. Steve's, could, could, uh, could you give me an option, one or two? <laughs> two. Two, okay, sweet. Then we're going to go with that scripture. Awesome. <laughs> All right, now, go ahead and open your Bibles, um, digital or analog, uh, to Luke 7. All right, I'll go ahead and start. Here's what it says. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jew to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they come to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my service, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at them, at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the, man, then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. So the title of the lesson, if you're into that stuff, you know, writing down notes, is Faith in Jesus, Value in Lives. Faith in Jesus, value in lives. Because this centurion here teaches us two lessons here. Two very old, echoed, repeated lessons that are very, very, and obviously important. One is that have faith in Jesus. Especially in troubling times. Have faith in Jesus. Number two, value lives and others like Jesus did. These are the two lessons that the centurion teaches us here. So let's, get, let's, let's look at this scripture right here. Let's get, let's, just, let's get some context. So what was going on, you know, during 30 AD? Well, you know, nations like Israel, uh, anywhere in the Mediterranean, was occupied by who? Romans. Romans. They, were, they were occupied by this great, powerful nation. You know, their military was cladded in iron. They had steel swords. You know, they, they had tactics. They had strategy. They, they knew how to talk to people. They knew how to, how, to, how to belittle them, but also, like, find, like, a way to be respectful. You know, it's, it's like, you know, weird modern-day culture where you're trying to be better than everyone, but, like, but also be kind. Like, it's, that's, that's, that's essentially what the Romans kind of invented, right? It's, it's, uh, it's uh, that quote, you know, speak softly, but uh, carry a big stick. Right? That's exactly what the Romans did with all the nations and the countries and, and kingdoms around the Mediterranean. And another interesting thing is that, you know, there, here we have a, a centurion coming up to Jesus. What is a centurion? Well, that's a military leader, you know, not, a, not like a like super, like not in control of the entire military because that's, that's, that's Caesar. Um, but the centurion is actually in charge of 100 Roman soldiers. And that centurion is amongst a, a legion, which is, which is 60 centurions. And those 60 centurions are in charge, or they're led by a legatus. 
That is like the general. Now, with that context in mind, you begin to start thinking, what is this military power figure coming to Jesus for? He probably has resources, like, you know, maybe not as advanced as today, but they probably had medical practices that, they, that no one else in the Mediterranean could afford. Right? They had all the spices, they had all the herbs, they had all the, the, the insights from, from those professionals back then. And yet he went to Jesus. Now, the centurion has a lot of costs in this, going to Jesus for help. Right? Many costs. Maybe, maybe traveling, the distance could have been long. In fact, like, like how, how could he have known Jesus was going to be there? Right? Like, it could have taken a lot of like, just coordination, just finding out where he's going next. Like, they didn't have GPS. They didn't have like, Instagram. They didn't have a, they didn't have a, a, a newsletter. Like, like, oh, Jesus is going to head over to Capernaum. Oh, now he's leaving. We should go catch him there. Right? That, that, that didn't happen. So they, they literally had to have faith just even finding him in a place. Right? Not only that, but like, there's, no, there's not, not just the financial cost, but there's a social cost here. Think about it. This guy's a leader of a hundred Roman soldiers. A hundred Roman soldiers. And he's going to Jesus. What do you think? What do you think the people like around them are thinking? Like not just, not just your average daily Joe, but like, like his soldiers. Right? Not just his soldiers, his fellow centurions. And not just them, but like literally the person he's working under, the legatus. They're all probably thinking, why is this guy going to freaking Jesus? Why is he going to Jesus? Imagine this, all right? So, my gorgeous fiance, Sarah, has a father. His name is Scott Schwartz. He's a colonel in the U.S. Marine Corps. I did a little bit of research on what a, what a colonel is, and what he does, and what he's responsible for. But in a, in a battle situation, a colonel is in charge of 5,000 men, average. 5,000 men. So imagine someone like Scott, Colonel Schwartz, going to your average Fred, you know, who, who, who lost his contracting license, to, to talk to people of spiritual things, you know, in the, in the Blue Ridge area, right? And, and, you know, Scott is like, hey, listen, my, my receptionist, you know, he's, he's come down with something really bad and I, I need you to help him out. Like, he literally could have went to a doctor. He, he literally would have been able to, like, just dial the phone and be like, hey, yo, my receptionist is sick, you know, help her out or help him out, yeah. you know? It just, it doesn't make sense why he would go to someone like this. And it was probably even worse because the Romans were occupying their country. So in the Roman, in the Roman centurion's mind, he has this, this world in his head thinking this nation, like that's, that's built on like the spiritual belief of who God is or who this higher being is, doesn't make any sense to me. It's insignificant. They have no technological advancement as much as we do. They don't have infrastructure we have plumbing, right? <laughs> like, and, and not only that, but we have military might. Like, we have power. We've seen the world more than they have. So why, like, why would I even think about going to this guy? Well, let's think about all the things that he already has done, right? Especially knowing back then, 
disease is, is, is a very, very, like, not researched thing, right? Today, we have modern technology. We have modern medicine practices that, that like, we're in the, in the verge of figuring out how to cure cancer. Like, they couldn't even fathom what that was back then. Like, I bet they even didn't even figure out that half the people that, that, that lived back then died from cancer, right? He went to everything to help this this servant out. And the last decision he had was to go to Jesus. Even though that was his last decision, he had enough faith to go to Jesus, knowing that this guy could just be some snake oil bullcrap. Right. But he still went. And that gets me to think, when's the last time I had this kind of faith? This, this uh, past couple months, um, you know, this is, it feels like a first world problem, but, but, but me and Sarah have been planning wedding stuff. And anyone who has been married knows that it's very, 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 very easy. You know, it's not, not, not stressful at all. No, it's stressful. Oh my gosh. It, it's, it's very, very mind boggling how such a huge, happy, celebrate, something to be celebrated could be so stressful. So, so... Uh, so irksome uh, and troubling. And, and every time a problem shows up, I instantly think, okay, I'll figure this out. I got it. I'll do this, you know? And, and Sarah would immediately, like whenever something troubling happens, Sarah says, like, you wanna pray? Like, you wanna, let's pray about it. I never even thought of that. Like, like, it's like, pray about it? Okay, and then what? We gotta do something. <laughs> Maybe not wedding planning, but it could be somewhere in your job. It could be with your school. It could be with any relationship problems you've got, you got going on. But when's the last time you decided, I'm going to pray first about this. I'm going to go to Jesus. Think about it. Especially as a disciple of Christ, when we learn that we cannot do things alone. This centurion said, this world has nothing for me. I've tried every single thing. It didn't say it did, but I'm pretty sure Luke, a doctor, you know, could assume that we could think like, okay, he, the centurion has gone through everything and found nothing, right? He's went through the, the most deepest, like technological things they had back then, but found nothing. It was clear to him that, that Jesus is everything he needs. When's the last time you had that kind of faith? Second thing I want to talk about is having or putting value in lives just like Jesus did. And the centurion showed a perfect example of that. In historical context, in the world back then, servants, slaves existed, right? I mean, today we have some servants Metaphorically speaking, but they were compensated mostly, right? At least minimum wage and some tip. But servants and slaves back then were the same thing. They were synonyms. They, they were property. Like, think of it like as if you go into your office and you have, a, you have this giant, like, inkjet printer. Like, the super nice ones. Like, thousands of dollars, right? And it, it, it malfunctions. It breaks, right? It's, it's not scanning your papers right. Uh, the ink is running out too quick. Uh, the papers are coming out blotchy. 
You know, it's, it's not doing well. Figuratively, the, the printer is not feeling well. What do you do? You have, you have two options. One, you get it fixed. It's fixed, done, it's back to work, right? If you can't get it fixed, what do you do? You buy a new one, you scrap that one. It's like, all right, bye. That was literally the same thing for these servants and slaves. They were, they were the people's inkjet printers. They had no value like that. It was all financial, it was monetary, it was whatever they can put in, not who they are. That was what the, that was, that's what the slaves and servants was. But the centurion saw something different. He realized that this servant is a person, has a heart, has a mind, has thoughts, feelings, has troubles, can get sick, unlike an inkjet printer. He saw value in not what the person can do, but who the person is. And he saw the same value the way Jesus saw. When's the last time you showed value in the people next to you? And I'm not just saying the members of the church. You guys are doing a fantastic job loving each other. I can see it clearly, especially in the young professionals. Just getting together. I just say always in the group me, hey, who's, who's ready to do this? Who's ready to do that? You know? But what about the people in just your daily routine? You know? Like when you go to school. When you're, when you're doing your research, you know, when you're studying, there's always, when you, especially when you go to the library, there's someone next to you. you know, there's always someone to interact with, group projects. And this doesn't exclude work. When you go to, jo- when you go to your job, 99% of the time, you're not working alone. You've got coworkers. You've got people next to you. And you don't see them here. You know, prayerfully, they're going to a church and, and have, their, have their set of convictions, worship God in their own way. But who can count on that, right? How often do you reach out to the people next to you and connect with them, get to know them? I'm preaching to myself as well, right? My job as a campus minister, I, I'm, I'm going out on grounds. Um, last Tuesday, we went, to, we went to JMU for the first time um, and we got to meet hundreds of faces. Right. But sometimes I just feel like I'm just like setting up a business meeting with them. Like, it's like, oh, you guys, you, you want to study the Bible? All right, let's meet at this time. Right. I'm not like, and it's, it's really convicting for me just to think like, like, okay, I met like this many faces. Sweet. I'm good. Right. I just, I slowly start. And I was never about the numbers game. Never. And then now I'm slowly seeping into this. Oh, okay. This is this face is number 25, right? Like, oh, this this guy's phone number is this, right? Oh, I reached this many people. No, I I should be like, how many friends did I make? How many connections are going to last? How many people am I going to allow Jesus to heal? Just like the centurion. How am I going to how many people? are going to know that I care for them just like the way Jesus cared for them. To the point where, where even looking at Jesus' situation, especially looking at Jesus' situation, you know, he, he came down at the most vulnerable state, not just as a person, which is already super vulnerable comparing to where he was, but as a, as a baby, as a newborn baby in a manger, not even at a, at a, at a 
you know, at a hospital where you can get, you know, get delivered properly, but you were in a, in a, literally in a pigsty, you know, with hay and, and, and livestock. How humble, you know, can a God be to do that? And not just how humble, but how loving. Yeah. When's the last time you showed affection like this to a stranger? Like I said before, these are old lessons. These are repeated lessons, right? But we're not perfect. We forget things a lot and very often, right? Me, myself included. Guys, let's remember these two points. Let's remember that we need faith in Jesus. Remember where you were before him and where you are with him now. And secondly, let's not forget the people next to us in our lives. You know, they, they could be in a situation that's, you know, spiritually fine and it's, it's celebrated for, right? Or they could be in a time where they are, they, they feel deserted. They feel broken. They feel like, I'm just here to get college credits. You know, I'm just going to get out of here, move on with my life and work a 95, you know. Or... Maybe someone will reach out to me, connect with me, know me a little more as a person, know the hurt that I feel, and not just some property, not just some, some object. If we remember these two simple points, I feel as though not this, this church, but, but this community here in Charlottesville and Harrisonburg, we're not going to forget them, right? Now we will make huge strides in building relationships and emphasizing that the love that Jesus had for his people and the love that the centurion had for his servant. Let's remember that. Thanks for listening to the Blue Ridge Podcast. My name is James Lim, and if you'd be interested in more resources like this or connecting with us, visit us online at blueridge.church or join us at Burnley Moran Elementary School at 10.30 a.m. Sundays in Charlottesville, Virginia. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.